dose of debate, breaking news, and uncensored views. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day, one day before the great debates. Will they be great? Will they be significant? Will there be a comeback by Ron DeSantis, the main challenger to President Donald Trump for the Republican nomination for president? Juan Williams thinks that uh, Ron DeSantis could be this year's comeback kid. We'll be speaking to uh, Juan Williams uh, coming up uh, of Fox News later on the Michael Medved show. We're also going to be speaking to Henry Olson of The Washington Post, who says it's about time that everybody, yes, including Democrats who are very skeptical about the whole issue, began to take the Hunter Biden involvement with his father very seriously because it could be a devastating scandal that completely derails the Biden presidency. We'll be speaking to Henry Holson of the Ethics and Public Policy Center coming up on the Michael Medved show. Uh, there's also a piece in the Washington Post uh, that basically says American democracy is cracking. It's breaking. It's not functioning. And just about the only thing that Americans seem to be able to agree on is that our governmental system doesn't work. Why not? The Washington Post takes the radical position that it's because of failings in the Constitution that nobody has the guts to approach or to fix. What are some of them? We will get to that on the Michael Medved Show. And what does the tattoo revolution, where there is now a Pew Research study that suggests that one-third of all Americans have tattoos, and uh, about 20% of Americans have more than one? And uh, it, that's going up. It's going up particularly among young people. Uh, the only group of people not getting inked uh, tend to be elderly. What does that mean politically? What's the division on tattoos and politics? We will get to that as well on the Michael Medved Show. And uh, good news about detecting COVID-19. Apparently dogs, it has now been established, can detect COVID-19 infections faster and more accurately than conventional technology, according to the new research. Uh, we will cover that as well. Uh, but first up, there was a quick trip, and it was a quick trip, less than 24 hours total, for the President of the United States to travel, what is it? It's uh, 7,000 miles for the President of the United States to go from uh, Washington, D.C. out to Lahaina and Maui. Well, he made the trip, and uh, the headline in the Wall Street Journal, Biden pledges aid for devastated Maui. And uh, the lead says that President Biden, having uh, known what happened to President Bush because he didn't pay quick, rapid and meaningful public attention to the devastations of Hurricane Katrina, it wrecked his presidency. Uh, could the problem in Maui have the same impact on Biden? 
The Wall Street Journal says President Biden visited wildfire-ravaged Lahaina on Monday and uh, pledged that the effort to rebuild would be guided by local wishes. The country grieves with you, stands with you, Biden said in brief remarks near the iconic Lahaina banyan tree. The uh, president and first lady, Jill Biden, met with first responders, emergency personnel, and state and local officials during their visit. They walked through some of the burned-out streets, seeing blackened remains of homes with the air still smelling of ash. One of the things that helped President Biden visually is uh, he's about six feet tall. And uh, the governor of Hawaii and the governor's wife, uh, Dr. Josh Green, who is the governor of Hawaii, is not a tall person. And so when you see them walking together, uh, Biden sort of towers over the other people. But in terms of his rhetorical eloquence, he didn't particularly tower over everybody. In fact, it, it is more incomprehensible and somewhat incoherent uh, description of uh, his emotions. Uh, for instance, uh, this effort to console the victims of the Hawaiian wildfires and the devastation in Lahaina on the island of Maui. This is 4.1. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday, and lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. Okay. Uh, again, he's trying to sound sympathetic, but does this make sense? And uh, again, we all know about the 67 Corvette, which was a gift from his father, uh, and that he's has very passionate feelings about, okay, uh, but really, is this comparable, a, uh, a fire that almost started to the kind of losses that people have undergone in, in Maui, where they now say there are 119 people who died, there's still more than 800 who are still unaccounted for missing. At a separate event on the island, he also brought up past tragedy would seem to have almost no connection with uh, with what the people in Maui have experienced. Uh, this again is the president of the United States. We've surveyed the damage from the air as well. The devastation is overwhelming. To date, 114 dead, hundreds of people unaccounted for. I remember when I got the call, my first wife and daughter. I was a young senator, and I got a call in Washington. I hadn't been sworn in yet. I wasn't old enough. And I was hiring staff in the Capitol at Teddy Kennedy's office. And I got a phone call saying from my fire department, and the young first responder kind of panicked. you got to come home. There's been an accident. So what happened? He said, your wife, she, she, she's dead. Come home. 
welcome home. The tractor trailer had broadsided her and uh, uh, killed her in a car accident along with my little daughter. And uh, I remember all the way down from Washington home, wondering what a lot of people here are wondering. What about my two boys? How are they? They were in the car. I never got a read on that. Were they going to be all right? They were badly injured. Were they going to make it? Had they made it? Until I walked into the emergency room and I saw that they were there. Okay, obviously this is an unspeakable tragedy that occurred right before he was sworn in uh, at age 30 as a, a U.S. senator in 1972. Um and a horrible thing, his wife had been out Christmas shopping and there was this accident. And obviously it's the defining element of his life. If you lose your baby daughter and your wife and you're left with two badly injured sons, one of whom has also died tragically of glioblastoma, I believe it was, of a brain tumor, and the other of whom is Hunter. And uh, again, the Biden family tragedies are... Are, are painful, but does this help? <laughs> I mean, if you're trying to console, the, the one thing that, that we should be hearing about is something that at least they cover in the Wall Street Journal, is the commitment of funds and of rebuilding. Uh, speaking to residents at the Lahaina Civic Center, Biden pledged federal aid. We're going to get it done for you. We're going to get it done for the way you want it done, he said, as the audience applauded. What does that mean? We'll get to that coming up. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. Back when MyPillow was invented, it had everything you could want in a pillow. Now, nearly two decades later, they've just... And on the Michael Medved Show, everything is connected in recent history. Uh, Joe Biden uh, made a quick trip out to Maui to try to comfort people about the indescribable uh, tragic losses that people experienced with uh, over 100 people confirmed now dead. The Of the more than 2,000 people missing at the beginning of the disaster response, uh, more than 1,280 have since been located and are considered safe, said uh, the uh, mayor of Maui County, who's been in a great deal of trouble. He's gotten a great deal of criticism. His name is Richard Bisson. Uh, this is two weeks after the fire, nearly. And one of the things that uh, people remember about this. There's a piece by Tevi Troy, who's a presidential historian. He's director of the Presidential Leadership Initiative at the Bipartisan Policy Center and the author of Shall We Wake the President? Two Centuries of Disaster Management from the Oval Office. And he talks about the experience of uh, George uh, W. Bush, uh, who was on vacation when the... Um, the horror of Hurricane Katrina hit. He writes, the scenario on Maui is reminiscent of the one George W. Bush faced 18 years ago during Hurricane Katrina, which devastated New Orleans and the Gulf region. Mr. Bush was vacationing at his Crawford, Texas ranch. He initially didn't go to New Orleans. Sound familiar? Uh, citing the legitimate excuse also used by Biden 
that presidential visits require first responders to divert resources from rescue efforts to presidential logistics and security. Uh, that's part of what Biden said. He said that the reason he had given his answer no comment when he was asked to comment and he was getting into his car uh, and he said no comment about the Maui fires. And part of the reason he didn't rush out there immediately is because he said uh, he didn't want to get in the way. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Mr. Bush did, however, return from Crawford to Washington. On that trip, he flew over the affected area for 35 minutes. The resulting picture of him looking down on devastated New Orleans, but not stopping there, was one of the worst images of his presidency. Mr. Bush clearly botched the initial response to the disaster. A president gets one shot to show compassion, and Mr. Bush missed it. And uh, uh, President Biden, uh, well, it's a, it's a different situation, of course, and it is the scale of the uh, homelessness and the dislocation is, is not uh, comparable, um, partially because New Orleans is a big city, and uh, Lahaina is not, and uh, and yet the the suffering and the horror, and uh, the connection with big international issues like climate change, it's it's all there and it's it's part of it, and uh, obviously uh, Joe Biden could have done uh, better. What's an example of doing better with this kind of thing? In 2012 when uh, Barack Obama was running for re-election against Mitt Romney. If you look at the exit polling, the reason he won that election was because of his handling of uh, the tropical storm Sandy that uh, had devastated uh, the New York, New Jersey area. And you may remember that somebody else who's much in the news today, the governor of New Jersey at the time, Chris Christie, uh, appeared with the president. They both looked concerned and compassionate. They toured the area. And uh, it's not quite true that, uh, that Chris Christie kissed Barack Obama, but he gave him a big hug. And that was a leading Republican and the Democratic president. And when you actually read the exit polling from that particular campaign... It was a very close race, and it ended up being a close result between uh, Mitt Romney and Barack Obama. But when it came to uh, the percentage of people who said that their main issue that led them to vote was uh, the president's handling of uh, a tropical storm Sandy for which Obama got lots of praise, including praise from Chris Christie, was over 10% of the total electorate, which was more than the difference, considerably more than the difference between Obama and Romney in that race. Uh, Joe Biden isn't going to get any benefits like that from his, I'm sure, well-intentioned but uh, less than inspiring efforts to try to connect with the uh, devastation in uh, Lahaina. Um, the, uh, uh, Tevi Troy, in his piece about George Bush, says, less remembered is the care Mr. Bush showed 
the area after his initial flop. He visited the area repeatedly. When he went to commemorate the first anniversary of Katrina, it was his 13th visit in the region since the hurricane attack. Uh, First Lady Laura Bush joined her husband, her 14th trip to the area. The administration directed significant resources to the region as well, $140 billion on recovery. In the aftermath of the hurricane and the institution of a charter school program and other school reforms in New Orleans, Mr. Bush had insisted that the system not only be rebuilt but improved. A city graduation rates grew to 78% in 2021 from 56% in 2005. In other words, President Bush made up for it. He didn't get credit for it. He's a Republican president, and Republican presidents tend not to get generous treatment by news media. But uh, uh, surely uh, President Biden is going to have to do something more for a very democratic state, by the way. Hawaii is uh, arguably the most democratic state in the country. And uh, his connection uh, with Hawaii uh, not enhanced by, uh, well, it's not enhanced either by his announcement of a new student debt repayment program called the SAVE Plan. Uh, This is after uh, the Supreme Court struck down Biden's initial student loan debt consolation plan. Here's the president speaking briefly about his new scheme, Clip 7. Today I'm proud to announce a new program called the SAVE Plan. It's the most affordable student loan plan ever. And here's how it works. To pay back that loan, you had to pay 10% of your discretionary income. That's all the income available to you after you pay for food, housing, and all your basic needs. Under my new plan, we're reducing that payment to just 5% of your disposable income. That's going to save the typical borrower around $1,000 a year. It's going to give borrowers a little bit more breathing room. And if your annual income is less than $30,000, your monthly payment will be zero until it gets above $30,000. As long as you pay what you owe under this plan, you'll no longer see your loan balance grow because of unpaid interest. Under the SAVE plan, monthly payments are based on your income, not your student loan balance. And who's going to pay for all of this? The American taxpayer. Uh, Meanwhile, there continues Medved Show, uh, talking about the horrors in uh, the island of Maui in the state of Hawaii. Uh, They're not quite horrors in California, but a great deal of discomfort because of Tropical Storm Hillary. Uh, That's spelled with one L, one L, not uh, two L's like the politician. Um, But uh, (laughs) there's also self-imposed stupidity. Because, after all, it is California, which gives us uh, a chance to uh, honor a school board uh, for Concord High School. This is the Mount Diablo Unified School District in the East Bay area uh, around San Francisco. Uh, They get a Golden Turkey Award. 
bigger than the Academy Awards. First and foremost, I'd like to thank God. Groovier than the Grammys. I would like to thank my wonderful agent. And more powerful than the people's choice. I would like to share this with every single senator. Now, it's time for another Golden Turkey Award nomination. Okay, this is incredible uh, because <laughs> this this doesn't involve a uh, anything involving Native Americans. Uh, the we talked to you uh, a couple of days ago about the Native American Guardians Association who have partitioned to put an end uh, to um, the change of name of the Washington Redskins. And I can say it because this Indian organization wants the Redskins to return. And uh, instead of uh, following the uh, commanders, they are now the Washington Commanders. And uh, like the Cleveland Indians are now the Guardians. Okay, uh, what was the problem in Concord High School? Uh, well, this is uh, the way that it's uh, covered in local news in the Bay Area. Uh, this is clip 16. The Concord High Minutemen are no more. By a vote of 4 to 1, the board of the Mount Diablo Unified School District voting Wednesday to approve a new mascot for the school. Starting next year, they'll become the Bears. What I support is is making sure that our, um, you know, that our students feel connected to our schools, that students have a voice and that students go through a process. Adam um, Clark is the when, district superintendent. He says discussions over the change have been happening for years after the district decided to replace human mascots with non-human ones. The goal was to make them more inclusive. It's okay, can we stop there for a moment? How does, how does a non-human mascot uh, make you feel more inclusive? <laughs> Un unless you are a bear. Uh, I I don't I I honestly seriously how how is that is it the 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 kids say oh yeah they weren't really honoring me because uh, they had the Minutemen but now that they have the bears oh that speaks to me that's who I am that's who I really am uh, I don't even know if they have a lot of bears in Concord High School in the Mount Diablo Unified School District. In any event, the uh, the story goes on. On human ones. The goal was to make them more inclusive. It's a time for new attitudes, and if changing a mascot will make students feel welcome, embraced, and empower them to participate more at their school, then I will support this. One of the concerns among those who called for change is the Minutemen holding a musket at a time when oh, school no. shootings are top of mind for many students. Other issues come from the use of the word men. With the term men, then what about our what about our female students? Um, you know, they're they're not represented. Not everyone agrees <laughs> with the changes, though. Okay, uh, the not everyone agrees with the changes. They actually speak to a student named Matthew Dashner, who's a recent graduate. He was on the committee uh, involved in the mascot change. He says even though the student body voted to become bears, he believes that was only because the status quo wasn't an option. Keep the Minuteman! They never asked us if we liked our current mascot or if we wanted to change it. We were just told that it had to change. Now listen to this. The cost to change the mascot is estimated to be around two hundred thousand dollars 
think about the improvements that could be made. I don't know, in the library, in the athletic field, something like that for $200,000 rather than going from this handsome Minuteman mascot, which has been there forever, and going to the Bears. Uh, it's kind of kind of the identity of our teams. We fight. We fight even when we're down and the odds are stacked against us. We keep going. That's like how our country was created. The Minutemen, he said. Okay, this is patriotic. And what what is the purpose of of the more inclusive idea of the Bears? See, this is this is part of what I think is bothering people about life in these United States uh, right now. The uh, uh, the idea that that stuff happens and you aren't really given any any say in it. As the uh, student points out, Matthew Dashner, at Concord High School, they never even had a chance to say, leave the damn mascot alone. Leave it alone. Uh, and, and again, uh, the, the idea that this is a, a reason to spend 200000 extra dollars um, oh, okay. In Montgomery, Alabama, and this is from radio station or for TV station WSFA, uh, along with new names, two Montgomery public schools also have new logo logos and mascots. Dr. Percy Julian High School's mascot will be a phoenix. Uh, J.A.G. High School's mascot will be a jaguar. No official colors have been announced. In uh, November 2022, the school board voted 5-2 to two in favor of Montgomery Public School Superintendent Melville Brown's recommendation of renaming Robert E. Lee High School to Dr. Percy Julian High School. Okay, understand that. To Montgomery, and Montgomery is, is uh, very substantial. I believe it's about half black, half white, the city. Uh, Jefferson Davis High School uh, was changed to J.A.G. High School, and which is an acronym for Judge Frank Johnson, Ralph Abernathy, and Robert Gretz. According to the Alabama Department of Education, nearly 80% of the MPS's student population is black or African-American. Many former and current students have come forward saying that these names have long been a reminder of the South's racist past. Okay. That you got to understand, but that's not a problem with the Minutemen unless you identify with the, uh, <laughs> with the British who uh, the uh, Minutemen were confronting. And uh, again, the, the whole obsession in the country now with uh, looking at our past and and acknowledging some of the horrors of our past and yes slavery is a horror slavery was a massive crime it was universal around the world it needed elimination it didn't belong in the united states as a number of people like george with said at the constitutional convention way back in 1787 and uh do i think it's uh um uh, i i can understand why you wouldn't want uh base high schools or schools 
honoring Confederates uh, for a dishonorable decision to attack the United States, uh, of which they were, many of the military people were officers. Yeah, that's understandable. But uh, again, then to be going after Minutemen, uh, a, a different priority. We'll be right back. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. That's 1-800-955-1776. One of the symptoms of a nation that seems to be coming apart is uh, taking symbols a, uh, a little bit too seriously. And uh, that's part of what, <laughs> what the, uh, the, the story is with the Concord High School Minutemen now becoming the Concord High School Bears. And uh, again, the idea that you wouldn't want to honor the Minutemen who did play a serious role in uh, Americans fighting for independence, okay, uh, that's one thing. But there's another thing, it's a terribly sad story, and it's a story that we've gotten more perspective on since we talked about it yesterday. And this is also in California, and uh, it, it's actually uh, also in uh, a part of California like Concord High School that isn't uh, intensely urban or anything of that nature, uh, there's this story about Cedar Glen, California, and uh, the, the very sad story of somebody who was a shopkeeper. Uh, she was a clothing designer, and uh, she had set up a... Um, a uh, uh, a store uh, called Mag Pie and Mag period Pie P I. I'm not sure what the origins are, but uh, the woman who had set up the store, who was 66 years old, was killed. And the suspect accused of fatally shooting a Cedar Glen store owner last week during a dispute over a pride flag had shared anti-LGBTQ plus posts on social media, according to authorities. Uh, the shooting happened on Friday, uh, that's this last Friday, August 18th, at the Magpie clothing store near Lake Arrowhead. Investigators say that the shooter, who is 27 years old, he's now dead. Uh, his name was Travis Ikaguchi, 27 years old, he shot and killed 66-year-old Laura Ann Carlton because she displayed a pride flag outside her business. Actually, she had several pride flags. They weren't huge, uh, but you can't, couldn't miss them. Uh, during a Monday afternoon press conference, San Bernardino County Sheriff Shannon Dykus said a 9-11 caller told dispatchers Ikaguchi cut down the flag while he argued with Carlton before shooting her. He also said the suspect yelled many homophobic slurs toward Carlton, who is not gay! She's the mother of nine. She has a husband she's been married to for 28 years. Ikaguchi fled the scene on foot, but it was found by sheriff's deputies 
close to Carlton's store, uh, where after pulling his weapon on the deputies, he was shot in a confrontation. Killed 27 years old. The uh, Myra Rodriguez, who um, uh, is a San Bernardino County, San Bernardino County's uh, public information officer, uh, said um, before the shooting, Ikaguchi's family reported him missing, though details regarding that report weren't available. Uh, she also discussed Ikaguchi's social media activity and said the 27-year-old had made statements criticizing the LGBTQ plus community on X, formerly known as Twitter, and Gab. The content of Ikaguchi's social media posts contained posts critical of the LGBTQ um, plus uh, community. Uh, Rodriguez said that Ikaguchi would also repost videos associated with anti-law enforcement content. During the shooting, Ikaguchi was armed with a handgun and refused orders to drop the weapon, according to investigators. That weapon was not registered in the state of California, according to Rodriguez. We believe he has no firearms registered to him in the state of California. Uh, based on the investigation, we believe Ikaguchi has not applied for a, uh, a weapon. Uh, the uh, suspect made disparaging remarks, again, about this um, this store that they ran near Lake Arrowhead. And uh, the entire thing is tremendously sad. The uh, With a pension for longevity, I have been married to the same man for 28 years, and I'm the mother of a blended family of nine children, the youngest being identical twin girls. That's what Carlton had on her website. The uh, Lake Arrowhead uh, LGBTQ community organization posted a message on the Facebook page honoring Carlton, who went by Lori, and describing her as a strong supporter of LGBTQ rights. Uh, and uh, there are a number of Hollywood people who had worked with her in various capacities and who were honoring this woman who was killed. But isn't... Isn't it horrifying on something as trivial as that? Somebody is flying a flag, uh, a rainbow flag, in front of her store, which she has established and she owns, and dies for it? I mean, really? Have we come to that in our country? And uh, in the past... According to actress uh, uh, Bridget Everett, who uh, the HBO Max dramedy Somebody Somewhere, she mourned Carlton in a post on Instagram. She said, in the past, when somebody took down her flag or vandalized it, she'd put up another one. The last time I saw Lori was, oddly enough, at Lake Harrowhead Pride, both in the parade and then at a party. All that anti-LGBTQ rhetoric has a price, and now Lori's husband, Bort, her daughters, friends, and community are devastated. And for what? For what indeed? Um, coming up, uh, there's this um, a, a long piece 
And it's very substantive. Uh, it's in, in the Washington Post. It's by uh, Dan Baltz and Clara Ensa Morse. And uh, the headline is, American Democracy is Cracking. These Forces Help Explain Why. And uh, they write there that uh, faced with big and challenging problems, climate, immigration, inequality, guns, debt, and deficits, Government and politicians seem incapable of achieving consensus. On each of those issues, the public is split, often bitterly. But on each, there are also areas of agreement. What's broken is the will of those in power to see past the divisions enough to reach compromise. The January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol is both an extreme emblem of what happens when democracy stops functioning, as it should, and the result of relentless attacks by former President Trump on the legitimacy of the election process based on lies and distortions, a continuing threat to U.S. democracy. In more routine ways, the political system feeds frustration and discontent with its incapacity to respond to the public's needs. There is little on the horizon to suggest solutions. The newer element which has gathered strength in recent decades, and what they're talking about is this newer element driving the country apart, is the deepening polarization of the political system. Various factors have caused this. Shifts within the two parties that have enlarged the ideological gap between them, and geographic sorting that has widened the differences between red and blue states, a growing urban-rural divide, and greater hostility among individuals toward political opponents. The result is that today, a minority of the population can exercise outside influence on policies and leadership, leading many Americans increasingly to feel that the government is a captive of minority rule. Do you believe that? Is that a problem that we have to confront? And then they uh, bring up what is a striking it's more than a coincidence, um, but uh, it, it, they bring up the fact that twice in the past two decades, the president was elected while losing the popular vote, George W. Bush in 2000 and Trump in 2016. That had happened only three times in the previous 200 years. The dynamic extends beyond the presidency to all the other branches of government. Is the government now controlled by a small group of people? Call them elites, call them whatever you want. But uh, has the democratic rule reflecting the will of the American majority been frustrated and thwarted and blocked? We will get to that in this greatest nation on God's green earth. <laughs> 